Other than the strangely hued sky, it felt like a typical central California night in late spring. It wasn't stormy, but a cool breeze came down from the foothills as the evening deepened. In the fields around my farmhouse, a thousand stalks of ripe corn rippled. Jake, my oldest, performed his usual shrug when I asked him if he had completed his list of chores. His short black hair was as shiny as a crow's feathers. His eyes were blue and piercing. He looked so much like me, his sister sometimes called him my evil twin. When I took my son out to the stable to prove he hadn't shoveled the stalls, the horses were uneasy, shuffling about and sidestepping. They showed the whites of each big eyeball and tossed their heads, but didn't shy when I reached up to stroke them. Frowning, I joined Jake and we finished the shoveling. He looked at me, surprised to get help with a chore he loathed. I pretended nothing was wrong. Truthfully, I didn't want to leave him alone out there. Afterward, we came out of the stable to find the moon was rising. The fields were rustling and the smell of ripe corn and fresh-cut alfalfa hung thickly in the air. I kept looking over my shoulder, up at that strange sky. We'd bought this place, my wife Donna and I, as a part of a back-to-the-country dream. My colleagues called me the gentleman farmer and theorized I must be commuting through cow herds each morning to the university. I loved it out here, and even after Donna died, I refused to move back to the city. But in all my years out here, I'd never seen a sky like this one. Jake ignored everything that was wrong with the night and headed upstairs. He would spend the evening surfing the web, twiddling with his headphones and pretending to do homework. My second child, Christine, knew the moment she saw me that something was different tonight. She'd always been more intuitive. What's wrong, Dad? She asked looking up from her algebra paper. She was 13, and this year her body had a new shape I found upsetting. She looked like her mother, except she was skinny and wore braces. To me, she was perfect. I shook my head as I tapped her algebra book. Nothing, Chris. Don't get distracted. Christine went back to her homework, and I went back to gazing out at that strange purple sky. Nothing changed, so I headed for the computer in my study. I had a lot of grading to do, but fortunately, most of that was online. I logged into the university website for the last time and began answering emails and grading lab projects. Teaching online wasn't as easy as it sounded. Computer science students asked hard questions of their professors, and typing in comments was often more work than simply discussing things in person. Sometimes I missed the simplicity of a pen and paper. Even scribbling notes in the margins of printouts was better than typing everything. Red penned circles and X's were wonders of communication that we'd lost somehow over the years. Some hours later, I chased the kids to bed and fell asleep myself. I dreamt of my wife Donna, who had died nearly a decade ago in a car accident. We'd hit a chain-link fence and gone right through it. The steel posts had whipped around the car as the chain-link wrapped us up like a net. One of the posts had come through the back window, 
and impaled Donna. She looked at me from the passenger seat. I saw her eyes in my sleep. Her lips moved, trying to tell me something, but her staring eyes were the eyes of the dead. It was the eyes that woke me up. I sat up in bed, gasping. I'll always wonder what it was Donna had been trying to tell me. If I had stayed asleep one minute longer, could I have heard her voice? Maybe everything would have gone differently, if I had.